Hello again. Hey, I'm sitting here for the second weekend in a row in an empty space without you. I miss you. I miss laughing with you. I miss drinking coffee together. I miss worshiping Jesus together. This is not uh, my favorite way to do church, but this is our lives. And we're to be a people of faith and we're to trust God. And I hope you are you are uh, continuing to place your faith in him in, in the middle of really what is a historic, dire circumstance that few have lived through. And so I just wanted to make a couple remarks today on the virus and how it affects or impacts us as a church family before we move on into a few thoughts on Romans chapter 8. We'll tackle a few more verses today. I've had a number of people ask me lately how this virus impacts our church project. And the reality is, uh, just to, to put you at ease or at, at rest, we are not sure. Um, we, we don't know at this point how this affects our project. Uh, in times of crisis and, and panic, I think it's very important not to look too far into the future, um, but rather to make sound decisions based on the information that we have on a daily uh, basis. So one word that's being used quite a bit on social media, in articles and, and on media channels is the word fluid meaning this is a fluid situation. Um, knowledge is changing daily, uh, rapidly. Nobody knows for certain, even the experts, exactly what's going to happen in April or May or August. So we're going to watch. Um, we're going to lead. We're going to ask God for wisdom. We're going to watch. We're going to lead. That's what we're going to do. Um, so I know uh, you are, as we speak, getting... Uh, Acquainted with our online platform, you'll notice that there is a public chat option where you can chat with others and with a Mill Church staff member. You'll notice there's a private prayer option. If you have a prayer need, please let us know. Please type it in there so that our staff, our team can pray for you. If you're being laid off at work in upcoming days, if you're in need of prayer for your physical body, um, just, just let us know if you're filled with anxiety and, and worry and, and panic and you feel like you're going to lose it. Let us know. We'll reach out to you. We'll serve you. We'll help you. You are not alone. You are not alone. I promise. And so um, you will also see on your computer, if you're on a computer, or uh, uh, if you're on a smartphone, although it's a different place, on a smartphone and a computer, it's in the upper right-hand corner. In the smartphone, I think it's a drop-down menu in the upper left-hand corner. But you'll see a past sermons link in the event that you miss one of our uh, sermons. You can, you can head back or our services and look at that link and catch up. If you uh, will look, you will also see a give link. We will, uh, too, post that into the chat below. For easy access, that'll take you to our giving page on our website, obviously, since we cannot take an offering in person. 
this, uh, this, this virus uh, could affect our church in a big way. So please consider logging on and giving in a recurring and regular way online. Okay? If none of this works today, please be patient with us. We're still trying to figure it out. And so we are in Romans 8 chapter, uh, rather chapter 8 in verses 3 through 4. You should see a Bible link too in this platform uh, someplace on that stream. And you can follow along if, you're, if you'd like. I'll be reading from the ESV version. Paul in verses uh, 3 through 6, which is what we'll look at in this little devotion this morning, is, is basically going to further unpack the unity between uh, types of freedom. And he's going to say in verse 3, I'll read this to you now, what the law, he's talking about the Old Testament law, what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh. In, in other words, the, the law was making all these commands of our sinful nature um, that couldn't even obey them. The sinful nature couldn't obey the laws of, of the Old Testament. Uh, Paul said, God did in us. He condemned the sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. In other words... Jesus released us from the law by being born in our flesh uh, and living the life we were supposed to live, a life of perfect obedience to his heavenly Father, um, to God's law even, uh, that we should have lived. Then he gave his life as a sin offering uh, for those of us who didn't live the way that he lived. And that offering, that sacrifice, absolutely freed us from the penalty of sin um, and made a way for the Spirit of God to come into us. I'm going to talk to you about the Spirit in the remaining few minutes and start fulfilling the law's requirement of us, which means producing in us a heart that loves God, one, and that loves our neighbor as ourselves, two, which Jesus basically said is the essence of all of the laws that can all be boiled down to that. And so, God is not just after our obedience. God is after a whole new kind of obedience, an obedience that grows out of our desires, where we obey God because we desire God, we love God, we treasure God, we want to please God, and that's why we obey Him. And so that desire, Paul is saying, could not possibly be produced or cultivated by following a list of rules. That's impossible. It's produced by the life-giving power of God's Spirit, which lives in, inside of us. And so what the law could not do, the Spirit does in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how practically does this change get produced in us? Well, it happens, Paul says, when we walk according to the Spirit, but not according to the flesh. And you say, well, what in the world does that mean? 
to walk according to the Spirit, uh, to find out what that means, we have to keep reading. This is what he says in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. So walking according to the Spirit of God, doing what the Spirit would, would, would have us do, would, would convict and convince us to do, is accomplished by setting our minds on what the Spirit thinks. Uh, setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. That's the way Paul puts it. Um, it doesn't say to think about the Spirit of God. It says to think about the things of the Spirit. There are some Christians who are so um, enamored by, obsessed by, I'll even say, the Spirit of God. Um, like he's some kind of force, you know, from, from Harry Potter's scar or something. Um, some, some, someone whose job is, is to make you feel tingly and warm. And they say things like, you know, uh, the Spirit of God is, is, is leading me to ask that girl out on, on a date. You know, I was driving down the road and Lauren Daigle's song came on, this girl, and, 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 and I knew uh, the Spirit was talking to me about her. He's not a force. He's a person. So setting our mind on the things of the Spirit means setting our mind on the things that the Spirit thinks about. So loving what He loves and hating what He hates and, and having really mutual interests with God. Um, so what are some of these things? Some of them are, are truth. Some of them are justice, um, righteousness. These are all things that God loves. Uh, he loves his church. He loves his people. Um, and as we dwell on the things that God dwells on, the Spirit of God is present with us. So we, Paul's saying, in the Spirit are then working in tandem like a bike uh, together. Um, when you think on or participate in something uh, that the Spirit is grieved by, by contrast, uh, that makes your heart inhospitable to Him, uh, and His presence will actually go out of your life. Uh, here's a question for you. Um, what if the greatest danger of sin was not whatever bad effect it has on you or whatever bad effect it has on the people you're in relationship with, but what if the greatest damage that sin could possibly do was to actually cut you off from the Spirit of God? Think about that. Um, verse 6, Now the mindset of the Spirit of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and is peace. The mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. In other words, when the spirit leaves, so do his fruits of life 
and peace. Are you panicked right now? Do you feel dead? Do you feel numb? Do you feel without the life and peace of God? Pray for His Spirit to be in you, to be with you. Think about the things that the Spirit thinks on. Think about things like righteousness, hope, joy, love. What is God about? Set your mind to those things. So when the Spirit leaves, when the Spirit leaves, so do His fruits of, of life and peace. And what drives the believer out of the Spirit's life, Paul says, is a mindset of the flesh. And you say, well, what's a mindset of the flesh? Well, it's the mindset of self. That's the easiest way to think about it. Um, it's self-will instead of God's will. You wanting to be in charge instead of God. It's self-glory instead of God's glory. You wanting attention instead of God. It's self-gratification instead of God's gratification and joy. It's doing things that please ourselves rather than doing things that please Him. It's self-righteousness in trying to earn our way to the top rather than trusting God for salvation. It's self-sufficiency. It's um, believing that what I have um, is enough and, and takes the place of God or, or is, is independent of God. So sin really just places a big fat I in the place of God himself. And, and, and when, Paul is saying, we are in fellowship or in step with, some have said, the Spirit of God, it means we prioritize God over self. We don't think about our will. We think about God's will. We don't think about our glory. We think about God's glory. We don't think about our pleasure or gratification. We think about God's gratification. We don't think about our righteousness, our goodness. We think about God's goodness. We don't think about our sufficiency and ability to hold ourselves above water. We think about God's sufficiency. And as we think like that, as we think about the Spirit, or I should say, as we think about what the Spirit thinks about, the Spirit of God surges in us the Spirit of God produces great fruit. The Spirit of God gives us life and gives us peace. And again, I'll posit to you this question. What if the most devastating effect that sin had on your life is not the damage that it causes you, is not the damage that it causes somebody else, but is the driving out of the Spirit of God from your life? Will you bow your head with me? Pray these words after I do. Heavenly Father, forgive my sins. Save me by your grace. Jesus, save me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Produce fruit in my life so I can serve you 
and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray.